No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Lord gives a parable of meat in a boiling pot to show that He will purge Jerusalem of her sin. Ezekiel's wife dies, but he does not mourn as a sign to the people. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Ezekiel chapter 24 on Simply the Bible. Sometimes when people stop listening to direct speech, they will listen to a story. And God gives many parables throughout the Bible just for this purpose. We come to one here in Ezekiel chapter 24. Again, in the ninth year, in the tenth month, on the tenth day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, write down the name of the day. This very day, the king of Babylon started his siege against Jerusalem this very day. Now, it was January 15th, 588 B.C., when King Nebuchadnezzar began his final siege of Jerusalem that would eventually end in her destruction. And this is the date that the Lord spoke to Ezekiel. Now, there was no way that he would know this was going on in Jerusalem. He was in Babylon, and they didn't have the Internet, so there was no way for him to know except the Lord told him. Now, this same date is also mentioned in 2 Kings 25.1 and Jeremiah 39.1. And utter a parable to the rebellious house and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, put on a pot, set it on, and also pour water into it. Gather pieces of meat in it. Every good piece, the thigh and the shoulder, fill it with choice cuts. Take the choice of the flock. Also pile fuel bones under it. Make it boil well and let the cuts simmer in it. And so... God was giving to Ezekiel a parable about the people in Jerusalem. And he said, put on a pot. Now, in chapter 11, the people likened Jerusalem to a metal pot, and they were safe inside it like meat in a pot. But here, the Lord turns the tables on them. He would use the same comparison to a metal pot, and they would be the meat in the pot, but rather than being safe they would be burned. And so God tells Ezekiel to put the pieces of meat in it. These would be choice cuts of meat that represented the people of Jerusalem. It says pile fuel bones under it, but that's probably better translated, fill it with choice bones and then boil it well. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, woe to the bloody city, to the pot whose scum is in it and whose scum is not gone from it. Bring it out piece by piece, on which no lot has fallen, for her blood is in her midst. She set it on top of a rock. She did not pour it on the ground to cover it with dust, that it may raise up fury and take vengeance. I have set her blood on top of a rock, that it may not be covered." So the Lord spoke of Jerusalem as being a bloody city. There was violence within it. There was also the child sacrifices that they had been doing. And so God said that they were like a pot whose scum remained in it. The meat had been cooked, but it had left a permanent stain, really ruining the pot. 
So God says, bring the meat out piece by piece. This would refer to the people being taken one by one, some by the sword, others by famine, some by pestilence, and many by captivity. God said that her blood is on top of a rock. This would be figurative for the fact that they had shed blood and it was as though they didn't even try to hide it. It was out in the open. And so God said that because it was just set on top of the rock in full view and not even poured out onto the ground to cover it with dust, then that blood was calling out for vengeance and God could no longer ignore the innocent bloodshed within the city. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Woe to the bloody city! I too will make the pyre great. Heap on the wood, kindle the fire, cook the meat well, mix in the spices, and let the cuts be burned up. Then set the pot empty on the coals, that it may become hot and its bronze may burn, that its filthiness may be melted in it, that its scum may be consumed. And so God himself would make the pyre great. This speaks of a funeral pyre in which the people themselves would be burned. And the, the meat, rather than simply being cooked, would be cooked well done. And it would be burned beyond that so that even the bronze pot would burn in order to consume its filthiness and the, that the scum would finally be removed. She has grown weary with lies, and her great scum has not gone from her. Let her scum be in the fire. In your filthiness is lewdness, because I have cleansed you, and you were not cleansed. You will not be cleansed of your filthiness any more, till I have caused my fury to rest upon you. I, the Lord, have spoken it. It shall come to pass, and I will do it. I will not hold back, nor will I spare nor will I relent according to your ways and according to your deeds. They will judge you, says the Lord God. So Jerusalem had become weary with her lies. She had preferred to deceive herself into thinking that she would not be destroyed because they were God's chosen people and they had the temple there. But the truth was that because they were God's chosen ones, he could not let them go unpunished. God disciplines his own children, and he needed to make an example of them. He could not let them get away with these things because the other nations were watching, and God was going to make an example to the nations of his glory and his justice. And so, her great scum had not been removed from her, even though God had sent many prophets to warn her and to call her back to rebuke them. They would not listen. If they had listened, if they would have turned, then this burning would not have been necessary. But instead, they stiffened their neck. And the way of the stubborn is always hard. Therefore, God would now not relent. Also, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, behold, I take away from you the desire of your eyes with one stroke. Yet you shall neither mourn nor weep, nor shall your tears run down. Sigh in silence, make no mourning for the dead. Bind your turban on your head and put your sandals on your feet. Do not cover your lips and do not eat man's bread of sorrow. And so 
Not only would Ezekiel do many of these sort of action sermons where he would portray things, but now a great sacrifice would occur. His own wife would die. The desire of his eyes. I love how the Lord puts that. The desire of your eyes will be taken with one stroke. And, uh, and you shall neither mourn nor weep, nor let your tears run down, and, and you should keep your turban on your head and the sandals on your feet. Uh, you will sigh in silence. Now, all of these things are describing ways in which that they would normally mourn, but Ezekiel would not be able to mourn in these ways for his wife. He would just sigh in silence. So I spoke to the people in the morning and at evening my wife died and the next morning I did as I was commanded. This would be a great sacrifice on the part of Ezekiel but showing that even the natural mourning that he would normally have done he was not able to do. And so the people said to him, will you not tell us what these things signify to us that you behave so? So they understood that this had to mean something. Then I answered them. The word of the Lord came to me saying, speak to the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I will profane my sanctuary, your arrogant boast, the desire of your eyes, the delight of your soul, and your sons and daughters whom you left behind shall fall by the sword. And you shall do as I have done. You shall not cover your lips nor eat man's bread of sorrow. Your turban shall be on your heads and your sandals on your feet. You shall neither mourn nor weep, but you shall pine away in your iniquities and mourn with one another. Thus, Ezekiel is assigned to you according to all that he has done, you shall do. And when this comes, you shall know that I am the Lord God. And so even as Ezekiel had lost the desire of his eyes, his wife, so they would lose the desire of their eyes, the temple, the sanctuary in Jerusalem. And they would not be able to mourn for it. Rather, they would just pine away in their iniquities. And what is meant by that, I really don't know. Could it be that the catastrophe was simply so great that their mourning would be insignificant, possibly, or perhaps God was just restricting their mourning because this was happening as a result of his discipline. I don't know, but the point was that rather than mourning in the normal way for all of these things, they would simply pine away uh, in the midst of it. And you, son of man, will it not be in the day when I take from them their stronghold, their joy and their glory, the desire of their eyes, and that on which they set their minds, their sons and their daughters? On that day, one who escapes will come to you and let you hear it with your ears. On that day, your mouth will be open to him who has escaped. You shall speak and no longer be mute. Thus you will be assigned to them, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Now, it was on August 14, 586 B.C. that the Babylonians set fire to the temple. So their siege lasted for about a year and a half. Then five months later, on January 8, 585 B.C., Ezekiel received the news of the destruction of Jerusalem. 
In chapter 3, the Lord had told Ezekiel that he would be restrained and his tongue would cling to the roof of his mouth so that he could not rebuke the rebellious people. But after the destruction of Jerusalem, he would be able to speak freely. And even this would be a sign to the people, probably meaning that the worst was over and now they would wait until God would restore them which would occur after the 70-year period that Jeremiah had prophesied. And through all of this, they would know that he is the Lord. All of this was so unnecessary. If only they had listened to the Lord when he spoke to them, if he, they had listened to his word and then listened to the prophets that God had sent. But in hardening their heart and stiffening their necks, they brought upon themselves great tragedy. Let's close today in prayer. Father God, we do just thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that you care enough about us to give to us this instruction so that we might learn from these things in the past, so that we may not make the same mistakes that they made. Father, I do pray, God, that we would be those who fear you, Lord, and listen to your word. And when your spirit speaks to us through the word, that we would not harden our hearts, or turn a deaf ear to your voice. I pray, Father, that we may turn to you and seek you while there is still time. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at office at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast, and please leave us a review. It helps a lot. Tomorrow we will see where the Lord pronounces judgment on the nations of Ammon, Moab, Edom, and Philistia because they hated Israel and rejoiced over her destruction. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Ezekiel on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.